back to business on Dirty 30 after last week's uh, drama both on uh, the episode of Dirty 30 and also on You Killed It with our special guest, Marie Rhoda. Uh, before we get into the nitty gritty of this week's episode of Dirty 30, I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander, still recovering from my new frowned friend crush on our friend Marie. <laughs> I had a great time. That was awesome last week. That was so much fun. Like, thanks to her again for coming on. And thanks to, you know, all of the new listeners that might have just stumbled upon us and what we do here on the You Killed It podcast. Because that, that was a lot of fun with Marie. But also we aim to have a lot of fun each and every week, right? Yeah, I, and I think we succeed. I know I have fun. I have fun as well. I want to give a shout out as well. Um, we kind of did something different last week in addition to speaking to Marie. Mm -hmm. And that was for the first time we posted this to the Challenge Fans Facebook group. Yep, that's a thing. Which we'd never done before. Like previously, the previous like 26 episodes of the show, we just tweeted it and posted it on our personal Facebooks. Yep. And uh, you know what? We got some really nice Facebook feedback, and the Challenge fandom community on Reddit had some really nice things to say as well, which honestly I think is so cool, and it means a lot to me because at the end of the day, we're just two buddies putting together this podcast for the love of the game. Mm -hmm. So I was, I'm just like so flattered that people are enjoying what we're doing, picking up what we're laying down. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a great week here at the You Killed It offices. Yeah, it's it was refreshing in the sense, too, because, you know, we do this because we like it. We love the show and we're just essentially recording a conversation that we would normally be having about the show anyways. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so it's it's that's how it feels when we do it every week. And so it was cool to get that vibe that people feel the same way when they're listening. Because we want to be inclusive and, yeah. and we want to yeah, you know man. tweet us and ask questions and tell us we're wrong about things, right? Like we want to hear that too. Yeah, and we're trying to, um, as some listeners know, we're both sports journalists. So like where we can, we try to do some like actual journalism. And we're going to touch on that today. There's a couple couple nuggets I've dug Ooh. up for our listeners. Well, well, first, like I just wanted to get your thoughts, John, on just the whole experience of interviewing Marie and just how that went and, and what you thought of that. But also the chance to talk about if anything, you know, happened in the last episode, the big redemption episode back into the house, you know, like anything like that. Anything you want to touch on in that sense? The one thing I wanted to talk about last week that we didn't really get to was how much of a crapshoot that elimination challenge was that saw Tony and Jenna came come back. Oh, crazy. And and that I was genuinely disappointed that Amanda, Devin, and Darrell were out. Because I really like those three. And Agreed. I think they add a lot to the show. And I really noted I noticed that in particular Darrell being gone as a as a narrator, I guess for lack of a better term, like his little quips. Oh yeah. Like we've often talked about how like the name of every episode that we do is something that someone says. Mm -hmm. And without Darrell there, like he was our our number one source for those funny clips. So Yeah. Now it's all up to I was CT. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's down to CT, sometimes Dario. Dario had a couple gems That's true. this episode. That's true. The one thing I was going to say about last episode was 
uh, I read this, I think probably in the, I should remember who it is that actually gave this idea and credit them. But the point was how much more fun would it have been if the people coming back from the redemption house got to pick one of the people still in the house and battle them in that challenge to get back in the house. Yeah. That would have been amazing. Imagine that. Imagine Darrell coming across and saying, Corey, I want you. And then they battle it out and the winner gets in the house. The loser goes home. That would have been crazy. But also, I mean, he probably wouldn't do that. You'd probably just try to pick the weakest player because you're just trying to get back in the house. But there was something that could have been done there to keep with this whole dirty 30 theme that could have made that more ruthless than just the redemption house people battling to get back in. One thing I will say that listeners have pointed out to me in person, online, I think is almost unanimous amongst fans that people feel like the Redemption House people were brought back too early. Ah. Like they would have liked to have seen the Redemption House continue for maybe two or three more eliminations and maybe do like bracket style Redemption House like a, or a shadow thing, mm-hmm. or like Devin certainly had the idea when they were in the Redemption House that they were going to form a new team against the people in the house. Yeah. And like, I just, I feel like they could have developed things more. And I know that's not just me that feels that way. We had, I had a few listeners point that out to me. It's very interesting, actually. I like that point. If we can get into this week's episode, there's something I want to point out that you and I have missed. And I like to think that we're pretty sharp, especially you. You're good at this foreshadowing. But we missed something, and I only picked it up this week. Are you ready? Because I'm about to melt your brain, Sheldon. (laughs) Last Last week on Twitter, Derek H. tweeted that Tori cheated on him in the house yes okay yeah that's been a thing blowing up on twitter yeah yeah and like twitter was hot all week for sure like all the competitors have been at each other's throats on twitter but do you know what i noticed for the first time and i i'm gonna have to go back and watch previous episodes because i don't know if they've done this every week but they did it this week Mm -hmm. when they had the like previously on the challenge and then they had the opening like package the opening hype package where they're like showing like random clips and you know how it's like kind of purpley kind of blue yeah, yeah. and they've got like words coming up yeah when the word betrayal comes up oh it's tori and Derek kissing so interesting they've been, like i i need to go back and watch because I, honestly i often skip the previously on because, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I take notes for every episode and then I discuss every episode <laughs> for like an hour and a half. I don't think I need to watch the previously on. That's fair. That's fair. But just the way things broke down, I was and I happened to be looking up when they were instead of like me taking notes. And I was like, hmm. holy shit, that w- was that Derek and Tori as the word betrayal flashed up. I even backed up my PVR and it was definitely Derek H., and Tori kissing with the word betrayal superimposed like that. Dun, dun, I mean, that's dun. some usual suspect shit right there, man. Well, I mean, the, the Twitter deep dives have been pretty crazy since this news broke. And I mean, it broke because Derek decided to tweet about it, right? 
Derek tweeted yes. that you know it was a fake relationship and, and, and Tori cheated on him in the house. Address it in due time. Exactly, but that didn't stop us from doing little Twitter deep dives, right? And and a lot of finger pointing going on on Twitter, saying who Tori may or may not have cheated on Derek with. And yes. I mean, this isn't journalism. This is just based off Twitter deep dives, but. Most of the Twitter fingers, to quote the wise man Aubrey Graham, most of the Twitter fingers are pointing at Jordan's direction, saying that Tori cheated on Derek with Jordan. That's kind of interesting, especially since we find out in this episode from, uh, who is it, Jemmy, you know, when they're having the club scene and they're talking about how uh, Kayla and Jordan are getting pretty close, but they both have significant others that aren't in the house. So, you know, add that to the fact that our friend Marie told us last week that business is about to pick up in the house and stuff's about to go down. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm here for it all, too. I'm here for it, too. I'm into it. I don't know when we're going to bring this up. So there's another thing that we have to address. Okay. Not having to do with this season of the challenge, but worth noting. Okay. Because, as the kids say, a lot of tea is being spilled. (laughs) Yes. And on Sarah Patterson and Susie Meister's podcast, Brain Candy, they said, do you remember the couple Tori and Brad Fiorenza? I do. They've been on. I do, yeah. Yeah. They have two kids. They're divorced now. Ooh. And apparently, according to Susie, who is good friends with Tori, Brad is now with Kellyanne. Oh! And Brad, like, got pissed on Twitter. And Brad kind of made it sound like that Tori and Susie were saying that he cheated on Tori with Kellyanne. Oh, drama. Yeah. Drama so in the drama. house. Drama I, not in the house. Drama just in the the atmosphere that is MTV's a challenge. In the challenge universe. Yes. Yes. Well said. In any of I, I just had to bring that up. Let's focus on this episode of Dirty Thirty, but I had to acknowledge that for the good people out there. Fair enough. And again, people, don't hesitate to tweet at us, send us things that you might find interesting that we want to bring up on the podcast stuff that you might want to talk about let us know hit us up on twitter hit us up in the comments let us know we're here to discuss what you want to discuss in everything surrounding the challenge universe i will say don't email our podcast because i never check the podcast email (laughs) so tweet at us and comment on the soundcloud yes don't don't or comment if we post on facebook comment there don't email us i haven't checked that for like two months i didn't even know there was a podcast email so i mean yeah (laughs) don't do that that's amazing do not do that so this episode after i mean we're already deep diving on the opening credits uh it starts with uh tori and marie playing the roles of raj and bellini who are supposed to sort of be psychic palm readers. And they like go into this room that a bunch of the competitors are in and they're trying to like read palms and stuff. 
Yeah, I had no idea what was going on, and I was kind of just like, okay, this is weird. But then it finally got to the point where it got to, I guess, showing the purpose of this scene. And I guess it was kind of to show the dissension between Marie and the rest of the house. Because Marie's kind of saying, you know, they're, her and Tori are putting on this show, but, like, nobody's paying attention to her really at all. You know, like, they're all just focused on Tori, and the house kind of seems standoffish towards her, which, you know, falls in line with what they normally do with this show, right? They give you a little something at the beginning that lets you know about a little something that's going to happen later on in the episode, right? So, so there- it made sense. It made sense, yeah. right? The producers are so good at foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Like, they've really developed a subtle touch. Yeah. One thing I, I want to know, like, yes, they like they did it to emphasize that Marie is persona non grata in the house right now. But the other thing was that, like, Tori is also persona non grata. Yeah. Like, the whole that whole thing that they did went up like a lead balloon. Which, again, is foreshadowing, but, like, the Marie foreshadowing is more obvious, in part because we'd spoken to Marie and she told us that she was in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the both of them did not have a good read of the room in that situation, and, like, you could tell that people were just not feeling it. Like, the only one who kind of got into it was Leroy, who really rubbed his nipples a lot. (laughs) <laughs> and like Derek K seemed to have like a smile on his face, but otherwise, like people were not feeling that little scene for sure. Yeah, that was that was a thing, and it was a it was a weird start to this episode because they went from that and then to you know a scene with Jemmy talking about her and Knight, which I was you know it was interesting, and I mean for those people who might not remember Knight, he was on, and I I know a lot of stuff happened with Knight and Jemmy on the challenge. Like they were on a couple seasons of the challenge together, but really if you ever get a chance to go back and watch the real world, new Orleans, that was a great season of the real world. And that's really where you get the backstory and you start to like, you know, fall in love with the character or the relationship of Jemmy and Knight. You know what I mean? So I was wondering as that, that scene would, where she's talking to, who was it that she was talking to in the morning? Was it Corey? Uh, she's talking to she... um, Corey. Yeah, it was Corey. Yeah, it was Corey. But, so the whole time I was wondering, you know, as she's like reminiscing and talking about Knight and how difficult it was for her to come back to the challenge after Knight passed away, it was. I was wondering if you know how many people would be watching that are kind of new to the show or would wouldn't understand the full depth of their relationship. You know what I mean? Because it was again. Their relationship is one part of it, but that whole entire season of the real world New Orleans is really good. And if I don't know if it's online somewhere, I mean, it, it probably is because everything's online. <laughs> but yes, do you know what I mean. Like I'm that's pro- an ep- that's a season of the real world to go back and watch. But you know, it was interesting because I think this was the first time we've kind of heard Jemmy talk about Night, like in depth. Yes. You know, so it, it was it was an interesting way to start. But I think it was an a very cool way, an interesting thing to see for real fans of this show. I'm I'm really glad that they had that moment because it is something that hadn't really been addressed after Knight died. Like, the season, his last season that he appeared and they acknowledged that he had passed, but they never really touched on Jemmy and how it affected her. 
And it definitely did. I mean, she said it herself that uh, it finally feels right to be back on the challenge. Yeah. So I was glad that they did that. I am, for our Canadian listeners, I'm like 95% sure that MTV.ca streams old episodes of The Real World going as far back as that season of New Orleans. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that like the other MTVs, like especially in the States, where I assume most of our listeners are from, I bet that one has it better. I would just assume MTV, the normal MTV in the States would have that better. Yeah. But, I MTV mean, either way. MTV is pretty good about streaming things. Like, you can, you can stream the challenge back, like, 20 seasons. Oh. Something like that. It's, you can do a pretty deep dive. I haven't seen every, episode, every season of the challenge, but you can go pretty far back. You can go back, for example, to, like, Johnny Banana's first ever season. For sure. And the thing, too, like, you know, we've been talking about it a lot lately. We brought it up with Marie last week, like, how I have this thing where I feel like the real world has gotten worse and worse as it's gone along. Like, the last few seasons haven't been as good. Yeah. Trust me. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch that season of the real world, real world New Orleans, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, that was an interesting uh, way to, uh, you know, get into this episode, but also kind of giving us an idea that Jemmy, you know, giving that Jemmy would be a focal point in this episode as well. Right. And mm-hmm. so again, more foreshadowing to let us know kind of what's going on in this episode. Yeah. Speaking of foreshadowing, we have a small scene where Jordan is disgusted by the state of the kitchen <laughs> and basically goes and like, tell some people off. I thought he was being a dick about it, mm-hmm. but I also agree with him. Like it, it looked gross and disgusting. So here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, I agree with both of you, right? I agree with you and Jordan. Of course, it's disgusting. Of course, the kitchen is a mess. But my whole thing is, what would you expect? Like, I would be more surprised if the kitchen was clean when you're living with all of these people in in one house. Like, I understand that people are going to try to, or people should try and make an attempt to be clean and do all that. But, like, freaking out isn't going to change anything. If it's that dirty and you think it's a problem, you clean it. I know that might sound crazy, but my, my main point here is you're living in a house with like 20 other people. Of course, half of those people are going to be disgusting, disgusting pigs, especially as uh, Dario pointed out to us that ammo hasn't put on deodorant since they've been on <laughs> since they've been on the island. Right. Which is awful, awful, completely disgusting. And that might be taking it. Oh, like 10 levels past, you know, leaving the the lid off of the jelly or the peanut butter. But the point remains, you're going to be living with a bunch of disgusting people. That's kind of what you signed up for. Suck it up, Jordan. And like going out and just yelling at everyone about it isn't going to do anyone like it's not doing any good for anyone. So get over yourself, Jordan. But it's also not his first rodeo. I apologize. When you go on the challenge, one thing that they always note is how disgusting the kitchen is. Right? True. So it would be annoying, but also that's what you signed up for. Yeah. I also thought it was funny that he was like sort of the person nearest to him that he was shouting at was Veronica, who I just imagine is like the cleanest and most organized because she's one of the older ones. <laughs> so just, I don't know, it seemed a little misdirected. Interesting, interesting, interesting observation. So, yeah, I mean, after that happens, T, we get set up for this challenge, right? Where uh, TJ's talking about booties. Was that that's what was going on? 
And so, booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Right, right. And they point out the fact that, you know, I think it's Jemmy with the, the booties that TJ's talking about is not the booties that we want to get. I think she's probably right with that statement. Yep. A hundred percent. So this challenge was called Pirate's Treasure. And so the guys and girls would each pair up. But there was a twist where the winners of the Redemption Battle Back challenge or whatever we want to call it. I don't know if it had an actual name, but we I just made one up. So Jenna, I like it. I'm into it. Okay. So Jenna and Tony in this twist would get to pick the pairs for the guys and girls. What did you think of this twist, John? I liked it, and I thought Jenna was spot on when she says it sucks because it puts their cards on the table. Exactly. I agree with that too, but at the end of the day, like I think it kind of worked out because you know, they were able to then pick teams to take care of their buddies. And I think they did that more so than they tried to like screw someone else over. No? Yes. The My criticism of both of them was I don't think either one of them picked the best partner for themselves. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm, I think the tough part was you didn't really know what the challenge was going to be either, right? So here's my criticism of them. And okay. we can just acknowledge this now they put together car maria and ct <laughs> which as a fan of car maria and ct i was all in on but like as soon as i saw that they were a partnership i'm like well they're gonna win well who did that like, i think tony did that right tony made that Tony pick. did that and again tony was just taking care of his boys who is ct and bananas like that's his crew right that he's trying to like get himself in with and so clearly that was a plan from the get-go if Jenna is partners with Johnny Bananas and then Tony, which we saw, was taking care of CT, does that kind of lead us to believe that there's some like bigger alliance going on here with like Kayla and Jenna and Tony being a part of this alliance with Johnny Bananas and Kara and CT? I think they're gravitating toward that. It seems I, I interesting. Just, like you. Go- I just always think, especially in a game like this, like if you're Tony and you're, you know that like people can backstab you, you got to know like when push comes to shove, mm-hmm. Johnny and Cara Maria are going to back up CT and vice versa. True. Very true. Like when push comes to shove with that alliance, Tony should know that he's going to be on the outside. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have put Cara Maria and CT together. Like, I know, and they even had a confessional where Cara Murray was like, please don't pick me, Tony. Like, please don't have me partner with you. <laughs> yeah. But I I would have done, uh, I would not have put Cara Murray and CT together just because they're so obviously good. So They're arguably number one for both male and female athletes, and they genuinely like each other and get along. Like, they have good teamwork. For sure. Like, And so Kayla ends up going with Jordan, right? That's what... Uh, Jen ended up doing. She ended up putting mm-hmm. Jordan, thinking Jordan was a strong, well, he is a strong competitor, but she ends up putting Jordan with her friend Kayla. And yes. the interesting part about this that I found that got me mad, and I know that you can just edit together a bunch of clips, probably from every single podcast we've done, where I've said, this is where Camilla got me mad. But when they're putting yeah. together the teams and they say Camilla's partner is going to be Leroy. Camilla starts dissing Leroy, talking about how she thinks she might have to like 
become the leader and like take charge in this whole thing. And I'm like, hold on a second here. Who is Camilla to be dissing Leroy? Like, who, first off, who doesn't like Leroy? Everyone likes Leroy. So you're not going to diss Leroy. He's a nice guy and he's great to everybody. He's a nice guy. Secondly, yeah, dude is an animal. He's built like a brick house. This whole thing is about like carrying or dragging this treasure chest. How are you going to be leading Leroy? That just makes no sense. Like Camilla, again, like she just has this like false sense of her place within the house. And it's amazing to me that every single week she just like adds on to it. And even going back to last week with Marie, it was interesting to hear, you know, someone within the house kind of allude to that exact same thing. I find I'm right with you there. I noted as well that Camilla immediately talked was talking shit about Leroy, who's a really chill guy. Like I would like to work with Leroy and he's built. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is like, let's be real. Let's just look at this season's cast. And realistically of the ones still in the house, Camilla might be number five in terms of female competitors. Like Car Maria, mm-hmm. Kayla, Jenna, and Tori, I would say, are all better than her. Agreed. I totally agree. And and you could make a case for maybe one or two of the other women. Yeah, like I mean you could make a case for her against Anissa in some challenge. Like Anissa might be able to take Veronica. her out. Like Veronica. Yeah, for sure. Like you're without a doubt totally right with that because there's not even a debate you would definitely rather have cara jenna kayla and tori ahead of camilla in any challenge you are correct yeah i also want to know one thing that i like that they've been doing this season is that they have like the little historical tidbits that tj starts off with where he's like in cartagena colombia like it's a known spot for pirates so today like i like that little touch yep I, don't, I mean, I'm a big history nerd, so maybe that's just me. That's allowed. But I like... Thank you. Um, the last two people that were partnered together are Jemmy and Ammo. Yes. Because, of course, Jemmy was the one that put Jenna in and had her eliminated. And Ammo was the one who eliminated Tony in their uh, competition before the Redemption House. Yes. And I want to take a note here. Two weeks ago, I made Ammo my MVP. I said he killed it after eliminating Tony. And I wanted to note a couple things that I've learned, or one thing I've learned about Ammo. And that is someone asked him online on Twitter, because he's non-binary, like he's neither male nor female, he was asked by a fan if if they made him compete against men. And his answer was that he mm-hmm. chose to compete against men. I also want to note, um, he, Ammo, okay. uh, started following me on Twitter and retweeted uh, our podcast. Thank you very much, Ammo. I messaged him on Twitter to ask what his preference was for personal pronouns. Because as a non-binary person, we could just as easily call Ammo she or her. He has not gotten back to me yet, and I think I'm going to message him again, just because it's something that I'd like to get right. But for those of us, or for those of our listeners that are listening to us and wondering why we're using the male pronoun, it's because at least for competition, he chose to identify as male. And if anyone knows what Ammo's preferred personal pronoun is, we will 
switch to that and use that from now on. But we have looked into it. We're doing our best to use the proper terminology for ammo. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yes. John getting his journalism on. Yes. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yes. So I loved this challenge. This, to me, was just a classic, like, challenge where it's a little bit mental, like a little bit of strategy, but like a lot of physical. I, I loved it. And like, I don't know about you, I could not do it. Like, I am a tall person, but I'm not necessarily the strongest dude. And to pull a hundred pound chest along sand, let alone all the other shit they had to do, like that would be brutal. Like, how do you think you'd do at this? Not very well. And especially when you've seen how difficult it was to pull it across the sand. But then after there's a scene where CT just picks up this chest and puts it on his shoulder. And he's just like running through the sand with this huge ass thing on his shoulder. And no one else, you didn't really see anyone else attempt to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like instead you saw scenes where Dario's like struggling to drag it by himself through the sand. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it just looked like something that would be so hard to do, but also so important for team teamwork purposes that you and your partner are sort of pulling their own weight. Yeah. I also, I, I'm just blown away by the level of competitors that they have this season. Like, there's really no weak links. No, I, I know really. Ammo and Jemmy were kind of put at like the low end this episode, mm-hmm. but like they're both pretty good. Yeah, no, it was it was a super interesting too, just how they broke up uh, the two heats, and I definitely think it was mm-hmm. done on purpose, right? Like they broke up the yeah. two heats in sen- in the sense that like all the vets for the most part seem to be in the first heat, the vets or if you want to look at it as a stronger or better competitors were in the first heat. And then the second heat was most of the newer people to the challenge cast for the most part, like the newer people, then like your Johnny bananas and CTs. And do you know, like, does that make sense? Yeah. And your Anissa's like, yeah. they all seem to be in the first heat. Uh, I think yeah. they did that on purpose just to make sure that you would have that to lessen the opportunity for their, for the gang up of, the vets and against the newbies and putting them all in uh, the elimination round, right? Like that way you're guaranteed that you're going to have some vets and some newer people all in the elimination round, right? I'm assuming that's why they did this on purpose. I think, I think that was by design. Yeah. So, I mean, getting to the actual challenge, right? The first part starts where you had to like, you have to pull this across the sand. You have to go through. Then you had to like dig the hole, which was funny because you had to dig this huge hole, a hole deep enough in the sand that your body and then your treasure chest would have to fit underneath the the log that's across the sand. Now, I'm not going to go through these two heats individually because I think it's just funnier to compare what happened with, within the <laughs> two heats. But... How possibly was it for the people in the second heat to watch what the first group did and then decide we're all just going to dig the same hole and then try to go through? How did they come to that conclusion? That's what I want to know. I don't understand that strategy at all. And it just created a traffic jam. And 
realistically, you can only fit one of those chests under the mast at a time. Yeah. So, why, like, whoever is, like, the fourth team through, there's fucked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's no catching up at that point if you're four back. And I love that Corey, in the second heat, moves Dario and Nicole's chest out of the way and pushes his own through. I thought that was a G move. So funny. So funny. And I mean, you know what else was a great move too in the first heat when whoever realized that, okay, well, the other team already built the hole to go through. Why don't we just stop and then just use their hole? That was smart move too, right? So, so it was interesting to see the different strategies that were being used, but essentially, you know, if we, I mean, that's really what stuck out to me the most. But, I mean, if we, we go through, the two winning teams were, surprisingly, Nelson and Veronica. Yeah. And then CT and Kara, as we already discussed. And so... I mean, the, that was a given. That was a given, <laughs> yes. But the twist here was that, okay, so those four would decide who the two people were, one male, one female, that would be going directly into the elimination round, right? And... Yeah. The other people that would have to go into your uh, double X challenge, I guess, where you pick the X's. I know there's a name for that. I just don't remember what it's called. But the double cross. The double cross. Yes. How could I forget the double cross? Dun, dun, dun. But uh, the other people that would have to go in that would be the two people that lost, or sorry, the two last teams, last place teams in each heat. So that turned out to be yes. Dario and Nicole, along with Ammo and Jemmy from heat two and in heat one it was anisa and derek and marie and who's marie's partner why am i drawing a blank here uh, who was marie's no, partner marie was voted in oh marie is voted in wait so who came in last in the i'm drawing a blank here uh tori tori and- yes it was your girl Tor with the four four. She came in last, and she was kind of rattled about that. Tori and and uh, Tony. Yes. Yeah, that's who it was. That's who it was. Yes. So you have all those people with the options to go in. So John, I'm going to ask you if you are one of Nelson, Victoria, CT, or Car Maria, as they have their breakdown to to decide who they want to put in. They seem to had it. They had it very much narrowed down, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the biggest thing that I guess didn't really need much explanation was your boy Jordan, who seemed to be a unanimous decision after his performance in the house. Well, yeah, and this is a key scene because there was a lot made of it uh, after the preview was issued earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Where after the competition, they're all drinking at the club and they're doing rap battles <laughs> in the bus. And like, first of all, shout out to all of them. I can't even do a rap battle sober. So I don't know. I, be, I bet you it would be easier drunk because you just like you would just go. You would just start flowing and you'd be better than you would even know. You just I should have said it. Right, I should have. I should have just said better than you'd even know it. That would have been the rhyme there, right? I messed it up. <laughs> it's my fault. I'm cr- you done fucked up now, Sheldon. Right, I screwed that one up. But I mean, here's the thing. 
one thing that I found was cool, first off, was just the fact that this wasn't shot on like a normal camera. This looked like it was shot on like GoPro. So it was even amazing that they even caught this on camera, first off, right? But it seemed kind of like, it seemed fun at the beginning, right? Yeah. But as it was happening, I was kind of like, this is not going to end well. Because no. you're not rappers, first off. You're not on 8 Mile, secondly. Nope. And all that's going to happen is the only possible thing that's going to happen is someone is going to cross the line. And someone's going to get really oh, yeah. offended by someone's comments. Because the whole purpose of a rap battle is to diss your opponent. Right? That's the purpose of it. It was asking for trouble. It's just begging for trouble. And so, you know, everyone throws out a couple bars, and I think Ammo probably had the best ones, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, I think he did. At least the best Where... ones they showed, because Marie on Twitter said she had some bars that she was upset didn't that didn't make the episode. So maybe we could give her a call and find out, like, what her bars <laughs> were and give her another chance, you know? Give her a little open mic session. I don't know. And also find out more about what happened in that club scene, because that club scene seemed to be pretty good <laughs> it seemed very good and the notable thing yeah is that kayla and jordan were getting close yeah which the house has noted and they both have relationships back home it- and jemmy in her bars in her verses she said that if you keep getting that close to kayla you're gonna get that Corey itch I did not do justice to Jemmy's rhyme. <laughs> I'm terrible with lyrics. That's okay. That's allowed. But That's allowed. you catch the gist. The point is, in her bars, she pointed out what was going on between Jordan and Kayla. Yes. Yes. And then Jordan, who is clearly drunk. Like, you can see in the video that he is clearly, clearly drunk. But in his... He's the most drunk, I thought. Oh, yeah. And in his rebuttal to jemmy he says to he refers to her as having a down syndrome face yes now i mean again if you're on eight mile and you're and you're trying to have a rap battle if you're on freestyle friday shout out to freestyle friday by the way 106 and park (laughs) the kids will never know about it but if you're on one of those things cool you're oh great show if if you're on one of those shows right you're, you can say whatever you want. But no, sorry, I take that back. On 106 and Park, they had rules. Like, you weren't allowed to swear. You weren't allowed to say anything. Like, there were limits on what you could say on yeah. 106 and Park. So my point being here is obviously, Jordan, you know, well, you should know, and maybe sober Jordan would know better. You should know that there's a line that you definitely can't cross. Now, add in the fact that Jordan himself has a disability, and that adds another layer to this story. No, John? You have to think that that's in his go-to repertoire of insults in certain situations. Hmm. Like, it's not just something that, like, comes to mind. You know what I mean? Like, I've never looked at Jemmy and thought that she looks like she has Down syndrome. Like, that's not something that came to me ever. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just yeah, very so, weird. I don't know. I don't know. And it's not like he's trying to rhyme the word Down syndrome either. Like, it was just, it made absolutely no sense. But, like, if you're Jordan, obviously the, the easy, 
the easy rebuttal to the stupidity of what Jordan did was imagine if in same said rap battle, someone said something about his hand, right? Like people would have been like, Whoa, like that's way out of bounds. And as someone pointed out in their confessional, it might have, I can't remember who it was, but they were like to make that whole bus at that moment go silent. Right, like you. It was Johnny Bananas. It was Johnny. Yes, right. It's like you know you cross the line when you have that bus filled with hooligans, all drunk, coming back from the club, and someone says something that shuts up that bus. You know you cross the line, right? And Jordan just made it worse by trying to apologize while he was still drunk, and now when other people are also drunk, they're gonna like pile on and make it even worse for Jordan. And all Jordan did was just secure a path for himself to be picked to go into the elimination. Yes. As we always say, if you put a target on your back, people are going to shoot at you on this. Oh yeah. Don't give people a reason. I think that one of the reason why, I mean, really like what Jordan said was completely unacceptable. And like, Mm -hmm. let's be emphatic on that. He was way out of line completely. And he knows it too. Yep. And like knew it immediately. But why did he go so hard at Jemmy? He went so hard at her because she definitely struck a nerve. Yep. She called him out on what was going on with Kayla. Definitely. Definitely struck a nerve. So he came guns guns blazing and, and threw a low blow. I also have to say, though, I know that he was drunk and trying to apologize to her. And like, kind of shoved Anissa, but Anissa and Camilla were drunkenly pouring gas on the fire. Oh, for sure, instigating on a hundred thousand trillion, for sure. Because to me, the fact that Jordan, while drunk, and Jordan is like, they said earlier in the episode that like, if Jordan believes something to be true, he will fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't give, like he doesn't let go of his points. I think that the fact that he was drunk, so he's being more genuine, and he was just trying to apologize to Jemmy, only made it more real that he was sincerely sorry he said it. Yeah. Like, am I, like, to me, it's almost a credit to him that he immediately regretted it and immediately wanted to apologize to her directly well they were just fire starting for sure because even anisa said at one point she's like you owe every girl in this house an apology and it's like unless there was something else that happened that we didn't see i don't know why he would owe every other girl in the house an apology and i mean hey as we found out from marie there are times where things just get cut down for timing purposes or whatever reason they use so maybe there's more to the story that we didn't see but it just seemed like a weird comment by anisa to say i will say that anisa during the episode as it was airing she tweeted this shit this this shit i say after a few glasses of wine and then she had the like face palm emoji Um... and also friend of the show I miss him dearly on here, Wes Bergman. Oh, yes, Wes. He was tweeting as he watched it, and he said, um, I think that, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling through to get this right, but he said something along the lines of, I think Jordan's about to get a bat at it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that that's even a better reason as to why you, you know, Oh, you sit and watch the rap battle. You don't really join in. 
because nothing positive yes. could come from this. Like you win a rap battle by saying the worst thing about someone else. But now you're on a TV show where when you say bad things about other people, things only end up being bad for you. Right? Like you're in a no-win situation here. And you leave yourself open to getting a bad edit, which is, you know, Jordan, again, we're not beating around the bush. What he said, what we saw that he said on this episode was horrible. And there's no excuse for it. And, you know, they threw him into the elimination for it as well. So, I mean, moving on to the next discussion now, right? Like the discussion upon who should be in said uh, elimination round. Sorry, I'm going to stop you there. There's actually two discussions. The first discussion is a group kind of just chilling Mm -hmm. where they're discussing what Jordan did. And there's only one thing that's notable. It's the next morning, so they're all hungover. And for those listeners who PVR this, I beg you, go back and rewatch it. Because I swear to God, Tori was drinking water from a flower vase. Interesting. Like, if you look... If you look in her hand, I swear to God, she's holding a vase. That's what she's drinking water from. And then you're right. Then they had the deliberations, which are Car Maria and CT, Nelson and Veronica. They have to decide who to throw in uh, against the people who would then pull the double crosses. And I mean, from the two losing teams, the four losing teams. And hey, I don't normally give Nelson a lot of credit, but he did a good job here in deflecting away from his uh, his uh, alliance member. Corey. He did a very good job in deflecting away from Corey. Now, mind you, it was made kind of easy because obviously Jordan made himself an easy target. But at the same time, he did his part and stuck up for Corey. I mean, so as long as far as we've gone in this show, Nelson and Corey seem to be on good terms, but we'll see how long that lasts for, right? Yes. One thing I do have to pin down Nelson on, he kept using the word condone in the wrong way in this conversation he said like five times like yeah jordan you know because of his uh condone we have to put that in that's not what condone means <laughs> condone means to approve of something right so you would say i don't condone a, i don't condone that or i condone that behavior but he kept saying like condone as if it was the act of being offensive hmm. nelson I, mean, I just, I just, Nelson, like, read a dictionary, bud. Like, if uh, get one of those uh, I mean, daily calendars I'm not gonna, for your like word of the day. I mean, I'm not going to crush Nelson too hard for that because I'm the same person who on last week's podcast with Marie blatantly called Vic, Veronica Victoria. So I mean, hey, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to crush Nelson too hard for uh, not being great with his words. Let's say, let's just say. I'll save well, that for you other stuff. You know what? I don't mind. I can crush him. <laughs> Nelson, you Fair use enough. the word condone repeatedly incorrectly. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, it, it ends up being pretty easy, right? Like, Jordan gets voted in because he put a target on his back. And Kara was going heavy trying to get Marie in. And she got her way. Yeah. It ended up being, like, seemed pretty easy, you know. And the one thing I wrote down that I found interesting was and i'd love to get marie's opinion on this as well was how last week right in last week's episode jemmy was getting all the credit for oh what a great move it was to put kayla against 
uh, Jenna and get one of them out of the house. Great move, Jemmy. Way to go. Blah, blah, blah. And then this week, all of a sudden, when it comes time to decide who's going in, all of a sudden, that whole move was blamed again on Marie. Yeah. How does that make sense? I don't know. It was so weird, right? Like, See, it, it made it's no funny. sense at the to me. Of the, at the st- Go ahead. No, I was just saying it just made no sense to me, right? Like, how two weeks ago when the move went down and Kayla eliminated Jenna great move jemmy way to go like she really that was dirty 30 at its best and she really did that and it was a sneaky move and blah 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 and then now a week later it's oh you know we got to put marie in because if she was gonna you know take out her own best friend then that's not someone i want in the house and i think that made no sense Kara says if that's what she does to her best friend then what is she gonna do to me and it's like well, she would vote you in because you're not friends. <laughs> what do you mean? What would she yeah. do to you? I think it's pretty self-explanatory, no? I agree. And I don't know. It's, it was a weird choice. I th- I'm curious to see how Marie does in the competition itself. But it's also interesting that Veronica, I like Veronica's strategy where she was like, we should be putting in Kayla because we've already burned that bridge. It's true definitely true. like Kayla like you might as well just keep putting her in because then you're not pissing off anyone additionally yeah no definitely right like Kayla's already pissed so just keep her pissed and isolate it totally agree. um and I also have to say this is a question I want to ask you should you be doing other people's dirty work in these uh, discussions or or when it comes to the double cross because it seems like so like everyone was angry with Jordan okay after his comments mm-hmm. and, but CT was advocating for putting Corey in like yeah. I don't understand I know Nelson was trying to to deflect because Corey's his boy but like do you really want to be like, oh, well, everyone's mad at Jordan, so I'm just going to nominate Jordan? Like, I think sometimes you got to like you got to pick and choose your spots, right? So, yeah, you know, if you're you consistently if you're consistently in that deliberation, then, you know, you kind of have to have your moments where you're being forceful with what you want to do, but at the same time, it can't be you every single week just leading the charge with what you want to do. Do you know what I mean? You kind of yeah. got to give and take. And if there's, and if there's, you know, an opportunity to compromise, this would be that week where it's like, you know what? I can't really argue with you guys in putting Jordan in because he did make an ass of himself. And, you know, he kind of does deserve some type of retribution for what he did. Retribution. Is that the right word? Did I use that correctly? See, yeah, now you, you got me it. thinking like Nelson, like, did you I mess it, that buddy. up? Da, da, da. <laughs> Uh, amazing (laughs) don't don't let me shake you don't let me shake you you know what i'm saying though and like so i i think in this instance it made sense but you know so okay jordan and marie end up going in but now that leads us to the whole double cross ceremony right and yes did you try to do the thing that we discussed weeks before in terms of trying to figure out which one was which which one was the double cross did Did you get it right for the men's, I was accurately, I was able to pick it accurately. I knew which one I was, was the double a- cross before Derek picked it. 
see, I got the girls one right. I didn't get the guys one right. I, I got the guys one right, and I did not get the girls one. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay, so we got to like try this theory again. We got to give it a couple more weeks and see how this whole theory works. But you know, if you're able to tell, because I was trying to gauge by like which one looked higher, right? Like that was a strategy we kind of discussed before. If one of them looks slightly higher, that's probably the one with the double cross. Who knows if that's actually correct? Who knows? But again, okay. If you're well, listening and you have other suggestions, we'd love to hear your thoughts on rigging or hacking into be, being successful at this double cross challenge. See, wait a second. The women's one, are you saying that you picked the women's one because it was slightly higher? That's what I thought. Yeah. Because I picked the men's one because I thought it was slightly lower. Oh, interesting. So, so that's Derek, weird. if you go back, the one that Derek pulled was slightly, just like two millimeters lower than the other three boxes in that group. Okay. And I thought the girls one, the third one that Anissa picked was the highest one. Like right from the beginning, I was like, the third one's highest. That's the one I think is a double cross. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so we got to work on this theory. For our listeners to, uh, <laughs> pick on. For so sure. Derek, for sure. Uh, decide, Derek decides to put in ammo. Yes. And what did you think about that dis- decision? Because, so, I mean, in a sense, so it's going against Jordan. Jordan is a very strong competitor. We know that already, right? And so, yes. you know, you have the option, as Derek, you have the option of picking between ammo, who, you know, most would consider to be the weakest of the the other options, but you still had Dario and Tony. So, you know, I think it was Hunter in his confessional that pointed out he thought Derek took the easy way by picking ammo when he had a chance to get rid of someone stronger and he could have put in Tony or Dario. I'm asking you, John, what would you have done if you were Derek? Well, the first question is, how well do Derek and Jordan get along? And is there potential for not quite an alliance, but an understanding? Very true. And apparently there is. And maybe there is. The other consideration, though, is I do agree with Hunter that you want to try to take out strong players. And Jordan is definitely a strong player and very athletic. True. But if he's a strong player that can benefit you now, right? Like, I mean, I probably would have put in Dario. Like, if all things are equal, right? And let's say that I'm not cool with any of these dudes. So I'm just trying to play the game in the sense of like taking out a strong player. I would have put in Dario, I think. Right? Just because, you know, yeah, I would have put in Dario. That would have been my pick. Now, if I'm playing the whole like who's in the alliance game, I can tell that obviously Tony seems to be with Johnny Bananas and CT and Derek, right? So he's not putting Mm -hmm. in Tony. Ammo would be the easy pick. So then you find the easy pick you know i'm doing air quotes right now as if anyone can see me do that on an audio podcast (laughs) but yeah here we are but my point is the fact that he picked ammo kind of tells me that jordan you know he kind of looks as at jordan as an ally that's what i get from that pick maybe i'm overthinking it but that's what i got from that yeah yeah and then Uh, then how did it differ from the girls well, Anissa just went for the throat. She put Tori in, who was one of the strongest competitors she could have picked. And 
will probably be able to beat Marie. I keep speaking in the indefinite future tense for the women's competition because we only see the men compete. True. We only see Ammo versus Jordan in what I thought was a really clever challenge. Like, I really like this competition where uh, they have the competitors are wearing jumpsuits that have five patches on Velcro. Mm-hmm. And they're blindfolded, and it's who can rip off the five patches first. And so we're clear, when they rip off the patch, TJ blows the horn, and they go back to their respective sides of the wrestling circle, and then they repeat. I love that. I thought this was a great competition, and really interesting. And like, Yeah, I thought it Jordan, was super interesting as well, yeah. Jordan is more athletic than Ammo. But, as always, we have to point out, Jordan only has one hand. So, like, in terms of defense, in theory, if you can get, like, Jordan's one good hand on the ground and then, like, pin it with your knee, he can't defend. On some UFC-type tactics. That's right. Right? Like, if you can get your legs wrapped around it or just, like, grab his one hand with your hand... And then go after him with your other hand. Like, sure, you're kind of in a mercy fight with his hand, and he's very strong. But still, like, you got two to one odds, basically. No, I, I, uh, it was interesting. I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. And I, and I mean, uh, to go through what happened. I mean, obviously, you watch the episode. We all watch the episode. If you're listening to this, I'd assume so. You know that you know Ammo was up three nothing, and he came back. And Jordan ends up coming back. And, I mean, <laughs> the highlight for me, I thought was kind of funny, was we you you mentioned earlier about there being no Darrell. And so we both agreed that CT would kind of pick up the slack with the great one-liners. And CT was saying, after Ammo took the early lead, he was like, man, look at this Ammo kid. I mean, he looks all messed up in his karate suit, looking like a messed up Harley Quinn, which I thought was... <laughs> Well played, very funny by CT again. But, you know, Jordan ends up coming back and winning. But I'm really more looking forward to the female battle, the girls' battle here. And I think it's a little more even. I mean, I think Tori's going to win just because I think she has a. Uh, this sounds like I'm Jay Billis at the NBA draft lottery, but Tori has a good motor. You know, and I, <laughs> I think that she'll, she'll just keep going and going and going, you know, and. And I think she'll end up winning. But I was so much more interested in the decision made by Anissa because I understand why she doesn't pick Jemmy, right? But yeah. on the same at the same token, right? Wasn't Anissa part of that whole crew with Marie last week that was kind of trying to decide on, you know, who should we put in, who should we not put in? Didn't she kind of agree with the move that Marie made? And so wouldn't Marie be more valuable to you than say Nicole? Like what value does Nicole serve? I agree. It was, there's an inconsistency in their logic from like vote to vote or like decision to decision. It's, it's weird to me. So weird. Where like, you're right. And you touched on this before. Where like, on the one hand they're hailing Jemmy and then they're like shitting on Marie. Like it's, it's so weird and like i don't want to say it all comes down to a popularity contest but But it it really 
for some, they do have their biases and I can't quite decode what they are, but they're there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It, it was just a weird thing to me to, to see that go down and have her pick Tori because obviously the assumption is that you're picking Tori who you know is a strong competitor and the Vegas odds makers would probably have Tori as a, uh, the favorite heading into that battle, right? Yes. I also see again, I don't fully understand their logic. So they've put Jordan in as punishment, right? Yep. If that was the will of the house, wouldn't you want to put him again against someone who stood a better chance of eliminating him? You are totally correct. <laughs> right? Exactly. It makes no sense. Like isn't no sense at all. I, like and they talk they talked about, you know, oh, Jordan's really egotistical. Hopefully, after winning, he's going to be more humble. Winning doesn't normally make people more humble. Nope. Just like in life, not just on the challenge, but like everywhere <laughs> i i don't know it's i think one of the things i like about the challenge and one of the things i like about big brother shouts to big brother is that shut up big brother is that being so isolated with the same people under so much stress and like you're not sleeping well and like ammo smells and the kitchen's disgusting like, all those things add up to driving people a little batty. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I think it starts to mess with their decision-making. And the people who are really good at this show, like Johnny Bananas, his great gift is that he stays pretty clear-headed. No, for sure. I definitely right? agree. Like he, he doesn't outthink himself. Anyway, Jordan wins this competition 5-3. to three. On an epic comeback. And Epic comeback because Ammo was winning three one at one point. I think it was three nothing even. But uh, no, Jordan got the first one. Oh yes, you are correct. You are correct. But Ammo is kind of gassed out, and one of the producers I gather says, "Are you okay?" And he goes, "Not okay." And then he like kind of collapses, and is having like, I mean, the cast members were speculating a panic attack. I wondered if it was an asthma attack. Um, and, you know, it, it cuts to the producer saying, we need a medic. We need, like, let's get him a medic. And then they yeah, show was in the next episode that there's going to be an ambulance coming to get him. So. Yeah, it was a crazy, know, hope... crazy way to end an episode. It was. I. It was definitely a crazy way to end the episode. I don't like it when they, like, I don't love a cliffhanger like that. Like, I, I want to know what happened in the women's competition. Like, I would have rather, I would have rather seen both competitions completed. You know what I mean? For sure. No, I agree like, with that. I totally agree with that. And this is just my gut, but, like, I PVR'd it and I started to watch it. It was still live. Like, it aired at 9 o'clock Eastern. I started to watch it at 9.30 Eastern. Yep. So I could fast-forward through commercials. Mm -hmm. And as I got towards the end, I was like, oh, there's only four minutes left. They're not going to be able to get through both competitions. And, like, I felt that disappointment. No, so, like, I, I had the exact same realization. Exciting competition between Jordan and Ammo. 
yeah, I just had that like sinking feeling, like oh man, like I wanted to see both. And, no, like, I agree. I'm fine. I'm fine with seeing Marie and Tori next episode, but I was also looking forward to it. So that's me. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I mean, I'm looking forward to, to next week's episode as well. And we're kind of skipping over an interesting scene from the next week's episode teaser. Do you, mm-hmm. Are you aware of what I'm talking about or no? No, lay it on me. Oh, wait, you haven't seen the ne- like you didn't pay attention to the whole next week on or did your PBR cut off? My PBR always cuts it off, both here and at work. Oh, so you know, you, I mean, I set mine for the extra five minutes on everything that I PVR, but that's smart. That's that's a wily veteran play, Sheldon. I am. If if there's anything I know, it's about watching crazy ass TV shows. It's definitely <laughs> a thing that I, I pride myself on. Um, but yeah, the end of the teaser for next week was. There's a confessional of Corey saying, well, the one thing you need to know about Anissa, what Anissa wants, Anissa gets. And then it shows Anissa flirting with Veronica. And then it shows them like scurrying off into what appears like a bedroom. With the insinuation being it's about to go down. And I was like, wow. Okay, that's a tease. I'm here for That's next week's episode. Yeah. I am I am I was... very upset with my PBR. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, that is that's definitely a tease. I was just kind of like, and because it's so out of left field, right? Because it just leaves you with so many questions. So yeah, I mean, next yeah. week. I'm ready for that. That's that was the cliffhanger that left me wanting more of next week's episode. <laughs> uh so let me ask you. Sheldon, for you, who killed it this week? I think it's a tough week to pick. It was a tough week to pick, and so I didn't overthink it. I'm I'm splitting my vote, and I know we don't normally do this, but I have to because it was a team competition. So I'm picking Cara Maria and CT just because the way that they smashed that competition. Like, it was so easy for them. Like, they just dominated and won easily by so much – but it's not even the fact that they won by so much. It's the fact that they won by so much against the stronger Heat by far. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think like that's – so that's the reason why. And then um, just the way that they carried themselves as well. I enjoyed the way they carried themselves in the deliberation. It wasn't anything crazy. They are pretty straightforward what they wanted done. There wasn't really an argument either. There's some compromise, right? Because CT wanted to get Corey in, but he compromised and said, you know, the house wants Jordan, so whatever. Kara wanted uh, Marie to go in, and she kind of got her way, you know? like So there was like, it was both sides. They just didn't steamroll the whole deliberation. You know what I mean? Which I, I applaud yeah. for that, because I think like that's a huge part of the game as well. So in a You Killed It first, I'm splitting yeah. my You Killed It MVP and giving it to both Team Boston, I guess. Cara, Maria, and CT. I think this is also a you killed it first. Okay. But I'm also going with CT and Cara Maria. Oh! Dun, dun, dun. And that was not planned. But, like, when I say it was not planned, I mean that, like, 
before you and I started recording this episode, I noted down in my notebook, because I always take notes, that I was going to pick Cara Maria, Cara Maria and CT as my MVPs. So this is not staged, folks. Yeah. This is not the WWE. This is real life. I, I picked them for the exact same reasons that you did. They dominated the competition. They're making savvy decisions in the uh, deliberations. And at this point, I think Cara Maria and CT for their respective genders have to be the odds on favorites to win. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I second that. Cause they have their social game is tight, especially CT. Mm -hmm. They're very strong. They're in a strong alliance. They're not making waves because they both matured and grown up a lot. And also, you know, Car Maria got pretty burned a couple seasons ago. Uh, I guess it was both Bloodlines and Invasion of the Champions. So I think they're both just keeping a low profile. You don't see them getting really drunk in the club anymore. It's just it's just smart veteran work. For sure. And I, I respect that a great deal. I, I can't disagree with you, and obviously I didn't disagree with you, but I will say this much, John. If I did know that you, we would have had the same pick, I would have altered my pick to whoever the producer was that cut the tease for next week's episode. Because <laughs> for the first time in probably even cable television history, we have a tease that ends with a character that says... <laughs> because as I said, it ends with... <laughs> I can't even get this out. I'm laughing too much because it was just so amazing. But if I knew that we were, were going to pick the same person, I would have picked the person who cut this tease because they cut a tease that ends with, we see Anissa and Veronica. I almost called her Victoria again. That's how rattled I am by this. Ooh. Running into a room and then it cuts to like the, the security camera <laughs> in the top of the room and you see some movement going on under the covers with the, the, the key up on TV where they're telling you what the person's saying because you can barely see you can barely hear them but the words on the screen I can definitely read and it says Anissa saying the words I would totally E asterisk asterisk your space P asterisk 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 period <laughs> I'll let you at home figure out what that is. <laughs> but hey, more power to you. Whoever cut that promo, that is one way to guarantee that I will be watching that episode next week. Absolutely. Uh, so until, until this big revelation that we both are excited for, I am John Chidley Hill, and you can get me on Twitter at Hill. I am Sheldon Alexander trying to figure out if I used one too many asterisks. Asterisks? What's the what's the plural of asterisks? That's a great question. I guess I should figure that out for next week. I think it's still asterisks. Yeah? Asterisks. If I use one it. too many asterisks. <laughs> that's amazing. No, no, I counted. I think you got the correct number of asterisks. <laughs> Amazing. I'll, I'll be trying to figure that out from this week till next week because my week <laughs> so far, it's only Tuesday. And I've been cutting hot dog rap videos, uh, Colin Kaepernick 
uh, why is he being blackballed features, and now doing the You Killed It podcast <laughs> all in Monday and Tuesday. So I'm, my, my brain's kind of all over the place. So, oh, yes. Mine too. And for those of you who do listen to this podcast and start following me on Twitter, um, I'm going to be out of town. I'm going to Ottawa to cover golf, yeah. women's golf tomorrow morning. Yeah. Which I'm very excited about. And I know Sheldon, as a fellow sports journalist, is excited. But if you're listening to this podcast and you start following me for uh, challenge reasons and you're not a golf fan, I'm sorry. Just buckle up for the next <laughs> like five days, six days. Shout out to Brooke Henderson. <laughs> Shout out to Brooke Henderson. <laughs> the best golfer Canada has ever produced. Yeah. Until next week, this is You Killed It. You Killed it.